this is Masajati. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. This episode is on, is it love or is it lust at first sight? We're going to be going over exponential intelligence definition on love or lust at first sight, uh, a men's perspective, women's perspective, and then also, most importantly, how to sustain that, that first sight, uh, love at first sight feeling. And with me today is Crystal. Crystal, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm loving this. I can't yeah. wait to learn more about love versus lust. Uh, I, I can see you blush already. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, when it, people fall in love, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm sure people listening can relate to this. When your friends call you up and say they're in love and you mm-hmm. don't want to be a hater, you want to encourage it. But also sometimes right. the little thought pops into your head like, is this love or is this lust? So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to learning more about this so we can help figure that out and guide not only ourselves, but our, right. uh, our friends too, because who do friends call when they fall in love and lust? That's true. <laughs> Other friends, they love to talk about it. <laughs> right. And, and, and uh, to understand it or know it, know those signs before right. you get like deeply involved and you go, oh, it was just like lust. Oh, it was a... Oh you know, one time deal. So, and then we don't get broken hearts that way. So we know ahead of time. Beautiful. uh, In store for us. Yeah. We're clear what we're getting into. We can think properly and not let that sexual feelings or love feelings cloud our our true judgment of what's really going on. True. Uh, Very true. Uh, Also, you know, just thinking about friends, uh, isn't it amazing that they understand you better than you do? (laughs) You know, they actually understand. It's like, oh, my God, give it up. It's just, you know, sexual passion between you two. It's not love. Oh, yeah. But when, then when your friends say that, the other person gets mad at them. Like, you don't know what yes. you're talking about. That's not true. And then the friend has to be like, okay, I'll talk to you at the end of this relationship. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so seeing or helping you see what your friends see or your family sees. Beautiful. And then what we have moss work at the end of this episode Yes, the moss work is understanding or looking at yourself or the way you fall in love okay? or lust, uh, either way, uh, the way your friends see you. That's the, uh, that's the moss work. Right. Yeah, because that makes sense. A lot of times I think, and I'm sure a lot of people out there listening think, why can't I have the same logic and use the same reasoning when I'm giving advice to my friends as I can mm-hmm. for myself? Because <laughs> yep. I give really good advice to my friends and then they'll ask you that too. They'll call you on it. They'll be like, wow, that's really good advice. Why aren't you doing that yourself? And it's like, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> that's why we have friends. Um, and now for the meta healing, what do we have to look forward to with that moss? I'm going to help you say separate yourself from yourself. So you can see yourself from your friend's perspective, which gives you a clear perspective. And, and this not only is going to be good for you on relationships, but, uh, you know, the other, uh, experiences of life that you go through as well. So you see it from, you know, a different perspective, a higher perspective, higher understanding. Now, what is the exponential intelligence view on love and lust at first sight? Love or lust at first sight, uh, mm-hmm. exponential intelligence definition is again, love is very different to most people that I've encountered. 
and I've worked on tens of thousands of people, mostly women, a uh, good number of men as well, but mostly women. And, you know, they don't understand what true love is from an exponential intelligence. And that's why a lot of the relationships that they fall in, you know, statistically, a lot of uh, half of the people who get married uh, get divorced and then the other half like cheat. You know, why does that happen? So the, is is like they don't understand what love really is. You know, exponential's definition of 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 love is becoming, say, complete or solid of of yourself without needing that other person. Okay, so so very confident, very complete on your own. Okay, uh, and then you connect with somebody, and this is what it's really about. You connect with somebody that'll help you propel yourself to connect to pure source even higher. And that's what that love is about. Uh, and when that happens, you propel them, they propel you, and it's a perpetual motion higher and higher and higher. And at that level, if it, you know, in, you know, I'm kind of a, seeing a DNA strand. You know how it just gets entangled? Uh, that's what happens. Uh, although you get entangled with each other, uh, you, you, know, you embrace that deep love. That goes way beyond the, the physicalness. Uh, you know, the physical beauty, um, physical attributes, you know, like, uh, well, he's got a lot of money or he's got a nice house or, you know, or, you know, she's, she's drop dead gorgeous, you know, beyond all that stuff. Cause all that stuff fades after a while. And what do you have? You know, you have to have that sustainable love. Uh, anyway, that helical coil that I'm seeing again, very different than the physical love that most people say, understand that definition is that Yes, you're entwined with each other, but you're very separate. Those strands, they never get entangled and never lose their own definition. And that's exponential intelligence definition of love. They always help you ascend higher, uh, which means that every day, every second that you spend with that person is timeless. There is no time-bound connection um, uh, with that as well. So it never gets old. So what is it? What is the exponential intelligence view on lust? Lust is, uh, the lust portion is, you know, when, when, you, when you think lust is just something secondary for most people, it's just that, you know, just pure sex, raw sex. Uh, exponential intelligence is, is, is totally fine with that. In fact, that's how, say, you know, when you connect with somebody and this, this, this is sustainable, you know, lust for many people, uh, you have it once or twice or maybe three, four times, or if it's a long distance relationship, it might be longer than that, right? Uh, you don't see each other for a while, you come back together. Um, and, uh, even, even those relationships, you know, it, it wears down. Exponential intelligence is a tool. Lust is used as a tool to help, uh, again, perpetuate you higher and higher, so and it brings you closer together, uh, and and it's way beyond say the orgasmic feeling that you have, you know, when you're in a say lustful uh, situation, or even just like say standard say or normal sex. Hmm. All of this sounds so in- interesting, <laughs> and I'm glad we're doing a, a series of podcasts yes. on love because there's a lot to cover with love and ecstasy and. Yes, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. We're going to be working up to a nice, uh, I guess, really good, nice climax right before uh, Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Want to put it that way? That's funny. Um, You know, we found an interesting 
fact, an interesting study, this brain scan shows that 12 areas of the brain all fire off within one fifth of a second when you're in love. And can this, you know, similar chemical reaction is similar to taking drugs. Mm -hmm. That's, Uh, I believe that fascinating. So you are on a love or lust high. Right. And that's, that's where people get giddy. You know, they lose their sense. They start to, um, you know, uh, really be really affectionate, uh, and so on and so on. Um, you know, but you know, if you back up, you know, or if you go forward, let's just go forward because that's what usually happens. You get into that space, right? You feel really good. You feel, oh, you know, you're on the clouds, you're walking on the clouds. Mm-hmm. And then what happens a week later, you know, with that relationship? Uh, I know it's exciting, it gets exciting. But then what happens a month later, three months later, you know, six months later, are you still on that cloud? Are you mm-hmm. still, say, perpetuating forward? For most individuals, no. You know, uh, by like one year, yeah, give or take, you know, six months or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people, you know, can't stand that person or they go, right? Or they have to disconnect because, say, the realness of that individual comes out, right? Well, I mean, why did we feel that space in the beginning? Uh, first of all, mm-hmm. we have to ask those questions. What made you feel or what made you fire off? Uh, you know, the chemical reactions in your brain. And, you know, like you said, scientists actually see that, you know, through the brain scans and so on and what happens when you fall in love. But why isn't it, why isn't it sustainable? Um, and, you know, the answer from what I'm seeing, exponential intelligence view is that those programs, okay, like your emotions, and, mm-hmm. and I know we did a podcast on not, not trusting your emotions at mm-hmm. this time, uh, is that we are, say, far away and we are just like running programs, distorted programs um, that have to, say, create that feeling of love that, that that distorted program runs for us. And that's why it fires off the same chemical reactions as an exponential intelligence point of view of love as well. It's the same exact thing. And that's where people get confused. Right. And then it says in this study, reading, reading it says, you know... How can you tell if you're falling in love? You know, you have chemistry, you have cognition, you're aware of it. Um, You know, you have rewarding mechanisms happening, meaning you're starting to feel good. And then they have this fourth thing saying you have the intention to be with one significant other. So in other words, Um, love is different from lust because you actually have to desire to be with just that person. Uh, and then, that's what this article is saying. That's what this article, just to challenge the article, and then how many people does that actually happen to? Right. Um, do you know what I mean? Um, and then, uh, again, and then there's a time value. There's a time component to mm. that article as well. Uh, if it doesn't come from exponential intelligence, it's, it's time stamped from the time you, uh, you fall in love or you, or you, you know, release those chemicals. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it uh, depletes over time, mm-hmm. uh, again, over and over, if it's not, you know, the EI's perspective on, on love. So. Hmm. You know, and then there's another study that says that half of Americans believe in love at first sight. Yes, I believe that. And what's interesting is that actually more men believe in love at first sight than women. Mm-hmm. About 41% of men believe in love at first sight, 29% of women do. Why do you think that that is? Is it because men are so or more visual? 
Is that? Um, well, from what I'm seeing, uh, again, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but just tapping into what's happening mm-hmm. uh, at an animal level, mm-hmm. uh, men are more visual. Uh, men are more, say, proactive, say, in, in the human species. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then females, from what I'm seeing, they've always, say, been brought up by being guarded, right? So, yes, they, uh, I bet statistically, if you really, say, break it down or really push those women, uh, I bet you'll get a higher number saying, oh, you know, I fell in love with this person, but then I, you know, I backed off or I was very cautious, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From, uh, from, from what I'm seeing. So they see that love at first sight, uh, but then they back off, uh, again, from previous experiences, uh, either of themselves or, you know, the family, um, uh, the way that family love relationships have, 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 have gone through. Um, and also from what I'm tapping into is that men uh, connecting sexually, you know, and that's why guys want to jump in bed so fast. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really not about, you know, having sex or, you know, getting your rocks off and all that. But men from what I'm seeing that you their brains or our brains are just uh, wired a little differently where, you know, we want to have sex just because it helps us say connect. The same the same with uh, women, you know, they have to say know each other, know that individual right before they have sex to get really close or feel really close right? Uh, men is wired the other way. They have to have sex to feel really close to Okay. What about women? <laughs> this may or may not be me. I'm not giving away anything here, Moss. So let's not okay. call me out on this one. Okay. Mm, okay. I won't. <laughs> but what about women who are like men and have sex right away? What does that mean? Are they programmed like men or are they just more okay with sex being sexually active? Uh, well, there's two different groups from what I'm picking up. There mm-hmm. are actually same uh, women who have uh, a dominant factor. So when I, when I pick up on them, they actually feel like manly internally to them. So they have man, man at, manly type attributes. Uh, so there's a dominating figure, if you will, uh, or a male figure coming into them that actually want to have that sex just like a man. Uh, in fact, I know a few women like that. Uh, they talk just like men. Like Moss, I gotta get laid. I gotta do this. I gotta. It's like, and they're beautiful women, and I'm going, wow. You know, it's like they talk just like sailors. Um, so that's in that scenario. Uh, again, those people that I know personally, there actually is a component of a man, like integrated with them. So that's what happens. Uh, other people, you know, the women that just have sex. A lot of times that is the only way, and this is a far bigger number than the example I just used. Um, that is the only way that they can, say, grab attention or have attention towards them is mm-hmm. they, okay, uh, I need to have sex just so they can attach onto me or, you know, I'm going to be liked because I'm having sex. And, and that usually comes from some kind of abuse uh, in teenage uh, or younger, actually, from what I'm picking up. So that's where that comes from. And, and, it's, and, and that kind of sex is not even satisfying. Mm-hmm. You know, they have that sex and they feel really drained, right? Um, you know, which is sad to say, too, is that, the, you know, the younger women in today's society, you know, because I have, you know, teenage, teenage, teenage kids 
you know, both sexes, you know, you see some of the stuff that they go through, some of the social media, it's like they're just expected to have sex on the first date. Or, you know, the kids, you know, it's like, well, I bought her dinner, I went to a movie, you know, I expect sex. And, and they actually think that that's, you know, what they're getting. It's like, if I buy her something, then I should have sex. And, well, guys get mad if they don't, or the women don't. Uh, and I think we're actually going to have classes or trying to get somewhere where, where people actually identify, or, or the younger women and guys as well, they understand and respect their bodies before they have sex. So, but that's another subject. There's this other um, statistic. I'm throwing out a lot of statistics here, but kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Where most, most people determine someone's long-term potential in a matter within three minutes of meeting them. Yes. <laughs> so that, you, you know, within three, minute, three minutes of meeting someone, you could, you'll know, you have a feeling of if, if there could be love or lust or nothing, if there's a potential. Um, yes, that is, that is very true. Uh, and again, it, it, from what I'm seeing is that, yeah, well, it kind of reminds me of, of this Jewish joke, um, you know, these girls, uh, the Jewish girls. And again, no offense against Jewish uh, or was it, was it Italian girls? Anyway, they go around, they, they go around, have sex with, say, the bad boys. And then when they're ready to settle down, uh, they marry somebody nice and, and complete. Does that make sense? That, that kind of feel? Uh, or that wasn't funny. <laughs> uh, well, I'm wondering if that was like subconsciously directed towards me or that's why I wasn't laughing. No, I was like, uh, oh. I'm Italian. What are you saying? I'm just kidding. Oh, really? No, 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 no. It's not. It's, it's not. A, it's, it, just kidding. It was just an old joke. Uh, I heard, but, but that's, no, that's true. Women do that. You know, they, they do classify or even guys, you know, they classify uh, what mm. that girl or that what that guy is going to be. Mm-hmm. initially. Mm-hmm. And again, just as a note for, for the women guys, you know, if you're dressing really say sexually, guys really think, oh, uh, in the back of their minds, not initially, but in the back of their minds, it's like, I would never have my wife be dressed in that fashion. Okay? Although she looks very hot. She's, uh, she, I'm sure she'll be hot in bed or I want to get her in bed, but I'll never say have a long-term relationship because, well, the, the way she's dressed because it doesn't look say uh, clean and they don't even and a lot of people don't even realize that that is that's running yes. in their head yes that is true but that's how most guys think it's like oh she'd be great as a one night stand but I'll never take her as a long term girlfriend so uh, just as a note to women so you work with a lot of women and I'm sure you hear a lot of stories about relationships and love and lust Yes. How can you, I mean, when one of your clients calls you up and says... Oh, Crystal, wait. Before we do that, yeah. the, 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 the one that you said within three minutes, yes, they'll yes. know it's a long-term relationship and so on. Yeah. One more thing, you know, yes, they know it's a long-term relationship, but then uh, did they factor in the quality of the relationship? Mm, that's a good right? part. Like, yeah, I'll be with this guy, but... Uh, never, you know, is it going to be the same as my parents' relationships or is this going to be a euphoric relationship? So that's the key too. Uh, those are all components, again, programs that run uh, underneath. And that's why a lot of people say attract the distorted relationships. Although they might know that I'm going to be with this person uh, and it might be hell 
for the rest of my life or, you know, it might be euphoric. But again, those patterns are, are dictated by what's running underneath those base frequencies that uh, we're going to help you uh, understand from an uh, EI perspective. And yeah, that's what I was asking actually is, you know, when your clients call you up and say, Moss, I'm in love or, you know, Mm -hmm. I met this really hot guy, you know, or I met this really hot woman. Um, What are your reactions to that? I guess what more often than not, what is, what's going on? Kind of reminds me that my wife hates to take me to weddings over friends. Um, because you know, I, t- I go to the wedding and I go, oh, this relationship is going to last six months. And she's going, stop it. You know, it's like, look, they're in- completely in love. And then like six months later, you know, they, uh, they fall apart. So, uh, you know, when women come to me and go, Moss, you know, I met this great guy. Uh, I'm in love, especially after I've worked on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, even with or without working on specifically on relationships. Cause we, you know, send that 360 degrees, of EI uh, into us. So your relationships start to change as well. It's like, so Moss, I'm in love with this guy. And then I tap into him. I'm going, mm, uh, you're really not. Uh, basically what's happening uh, is that a lot of, say, the distortion, distorted frequencies that have been inside you, they're outside of you. So they're more apparent. Okay, uh, They're shining brighter than ever. Uh, so your patterns of previous, say, love, or how you attract love is more apparent to other people seeing you. And that's why, say, you're so connected to this. Uh, And then in a short time, they start to see it unravel before they get into the relationship six, seven months down the line. They see it in a short time, like a week or two. Uh, And the reason why that happens is because it forces you to understand, say, the patterns as they leave you of what you were running. hope that made sense. Yeah. But if you've ever experienced it, uh, that transformation after I work on you, that's, say, the, the pattern that happens to people. And that explains also why in, the, in a study it shares that um, people over 50 are less likely to have lo- love at first sight. Right. Which is kind of sad, but that shows it's based <laughs> on like their previous... It's because they've been in so many relationships in the past. It's the baggage. It's the distortion. Yes. Yes, uh, exactly. And, and that's why, like I said before, the statistics on women mm-hmm. having more love at first sight is lower because they're more, say, intuitive, if you will. Mm. You know, they see more than just, oh, he's a nice looking guy or so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, uh, when we talk about love at first night, uh, sight or lust, we might be talking about heterosexual, but it might be homosexual love and all oh, that's all very that, good that point. genre. Okay, guys? Very good point. Yeah. yeah, and then when someone says to you, when your mm-hmm. partner, we should just say partner, says to you, let's say you meet them and they're like, I'm in love, I love you, I want you. Right. How do you know that that, if that, how do you know that that's real and it's not they just want you in bed? How can you differentiate <laughs> between that? The, I mean, is that that's weird? what the meta healing is about. <laughs> you know, some, some women, they just want to know. They just want to hear that, yeah, God, I'm in love. You know, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me and so on and so on. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of, say, pick up uh, books or information on how to pick up women, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, 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 peop- and a lot of women fall into that trap. But sadly to say, uh, the guy gets unraveled or uncovered and they don't know how to, say, sustain that relationship once they get connected with them. So they're even far worse than being with a woman because they get destroyed 
um, and the women find out what they're really about. So those, you know, picking up women, hypnotizing women, all that, not that beneficial for you. You have to be really solid internally mm-hmm. right? uh, before you can sustain that relationship. Um, did that answer that question? I kind of yeah, yeah. That else. that guys that the ones or the people that aren't truthful, it will quickly unravel, yes. and you'll know yes. very quickly. And then there is this there is this again this this article in the Daily Mail, uh, mm-hmm. which shared by the University of Chicago. I love that researchers do these all these types of studies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they did a study on whether when your date looks at you, like where your date looks at you, could indicate whether it's romance or passion. So yes. if you have a partner and they're looking at you in the eyes, that mm-hmm. is a better sign that they're falling in love with you. Versus if they're talking to you and maybe your partner is saying, I love you, but they're looking at your chest or they're looking at your other parts of your region, that indicates more of a passion, a lust. And those Uh, are things to pay attention to. Yes, those are great physical, uh, you know, whenever you say you love somebody, look look at them straight in the eye. See if they can actually look it back at you straight in the eye. Now, uh, that's one of the keys. Why? Yeah. I'm sure this study cost a lot of money. I'm not trying to slam the study, but we really need a study on that, like to tell us that. Isn't that an obvious? Uh, it's an so obvious. obvious. Thing? I mean, to me, it's so obvious. <laughs> but you know how many, uh, uh, Chris, how many people fall prey to that? Somebody says, Oh, I love you. Uh, and then, you know, it doesn't work out. But then they go, But he told me, I, you know, he loves me. Right. You know, as he beats you up and all that stuff. You know, why does that stuff happen? Right. Right. People just really want to hear those words. People really like the idea of love. Right. So, you know, and some people, they know that that person doesn't love them, but Mm -hmm. it just feels good to have, say, somebody, even if it's fake love. Hmm. um, Right. Mm -hmm. They want to have somebody. um, I love them. There was a great song, Lie to Me. What's that? Oh, I think I know what you're referring to. I forget what it is, too. Yeah, it's really good. About lying, just lie to me and tell me you love me because it's easier that way. Something like that. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. What about the people that fall in love a lot, you know, and they're in a lot of relationships, but they truly feel like they're in love. And that loving relationship might have only been for two weeks, might have been for six, <laughs> six months. Um, but, you know, is there no time in regards to love? I mean, who's to say that they weren't in love and they can still love that person for, you know, um, what are your well, thoughts I'm sure on there, that? There's some level of love in there, but not the exponential intelligence level of love. Really? So that's why they fall out of love. You know, it's a time factor or it's a, say, uh, whether it's a time factor or, say, an experience factor. And, you know, we were just talking about the guy, uh, I don't know how many times uh, he, he, he had been, say, engaged. Mm-hmm. But he gets to the point where, um, he, where he gets engaged, right? Uh, and then after that, he breaks it off. There's a lot so of guys out there like point. that. Yeah. So why does that happen? Mm-hmm. Right? They get so... Uh, into it's like I gotta marry this woman, and then as soon as that engagement hits, no matter how long it takes, it, it breaks apart. Why does that happen? So there's always like say time functions or say pivotal points, physical pit stops, I guess you could call it, or time markers uh, where a certain thing happens and then they fall apart. Uh, again, your previous history, the the frequencies that are running underneath, it's not really say a true love space. 
Uh, I never have uh, seen anybody, very few, I would say about about 1% mm-hmm. of the people that I've worked on uh, that have been, say, truly compatible. And it's very, I mean, that's 1%. Crystal, that's sad. That is really sad. Um, but uh, more and more people that I've worked on start coming into, say, the truer love space, the truer mm-hmm. love dynamics, and they actually connect with somebody that can grow and expand with them. So. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure some people may hear that fact that, and go, well, why should I even try then? If, you know, <laughs> if, it, if it's that low, my chances are that low, I'm just going to stick right. to me and, and just yes. do me. What do you have to say no, about true. those people? Are they, are they, are, is that good or are they selling themselves short? Uh, you know, it, it doesn't benefit them. You know, I've seen plenty of people, spe- especially on the spiritual side, mm-hmm. you know, because being celibate is supposed to say enhance you, right? Mm-hmm. Just like monks and so on. Uh, so it's like, you know what? I gave up on relationships. You know, I'm, I've been celibate for 20 years. But, you know, there's this pain in their heart. There's, there's a, you know, it's their heart. It's not complete. They're not, say, expanding or strengthening from it because they walked away being celibate because most of the time uh, from the people I've worked on, again, they were hurt by relationships. So it's like, hell, I'm giving up and turning celibate. Well, what about the people that, and then the other extremes, they're giving up and they're just going to have sex all the time. They're just going to do lusting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like How does what's that work? on Tinder. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Tinder is like that or, you know, some of the other um, apps that are out there. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, to me, it's really like free prostitution. It's crazy. Really. Uh, it's actually worse than prostitution because in prostitution, you're actually, say, benefiting some at some level. Uh, everything's physical, you know, at that level. So might as well, well make some money off it. Uh, but, you know, it, the, and there was an article about, say, people who use Tinder just for sex or hookup. I know. I was just thinking about that. It came out on the Drudge Report a couple of days ago. And they said that Los Angeles, where I live, mm-hmm. is like yep. the hot spot for Tinder hookups and high risk for STDs because of the, yep. ti- because of the Tinder hookups. It's crazy. Yep. That's so, scary. I don't have Tinder so, on my phone anymore. anymore. <laughs> I just had oh. it for a couple of days purely as an experiment. It was way too much work. <laughs> uh, way too much work. You know, the sad thing is, you know, the, the, the article that I read was that more, say, younger generations yes. were having sex. Yeah, okay. that's what they said too. Uh, most, yeah, than ever. Under but 25, it was, yeah. Yep. It was the worst sex ever. Wow. And, wh- you know, why, uh, again, did that happen or is happening for us? Because we're not having sex the right way. Uh, you know, it's just like you're having sex and it's just more, you know, animalistic. Okay. Um, and se- we can and talk about animal sex later. In a true loving relationship, it's really actually very dynamic, very say, growing. But uh, again, we'll save that for another, uh, for the next podcast. Yes. Uh, but most of the people in Tinder, you know, they have that, and in what happens to girls is like, it's like, gosh, you know, this this guy was really rude to me, you know, on Tinder, but I went out and had sex with him anyway, you know. <laughs> and so, what happens to them? They have sex and they don't feel good after. Right. Just to give you the opposite of what feels good, uh, and this is a true test. Okay, the exponential intelligence way uh, after you have sex if you can still come back together and cuddle with each other, okay? Without turning over, uh, without feeling, say, guilty, without feeling 
remorse or -hmm. without having to say, get away from that person, you can just come back and still have that completeness that you had before orgasm. That'll show you a trueness of how you feel towards that person. That's interesting. Very interesting. I like that. And a lot of people might be thinking, what? Of course. What's, you know, but to notice how you're feeling immediately after sex Uh indicates a lot. It indicates so much that people just like, oh, you know, I'm tired now. Oh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Oh, like I got to wash up or I got to, I got to go. I have a meeting, whatever it is, you know, that's, that's. It's a sign of disconnection. Be honest. Be truly honest with yourself. Uh, and you'll see that disconnect. It was more of a physical act. And that's why sex gets degrading for people. That's why a lot of women get degraded. That's why a lot of men uh, who have like one night stands, they get degraded as well. It, it doesn't perpetuate you forward, actually. You lose that same, that man strength, that stamina that happens, uh, that, that gets generated or the chi, if you will, uh, that gets generated in you to be a real man. You lose all that. So you don't become more manly by, you know, notching your belt or whatever. So, you know, when, you, when you're out and you meet someone at, for the first time and yes. you feel that feeling of, of love or lust, uh, you're hoping it's love, but it could be lust. Right. How do, you, how do you know when to listen to your heart and just go for it? Or how do you know, to, you know, should you just jump right in or should you hold back? I mean, how does that work? There's so many questions that <laughs> pop up in that type of a situation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think <laughs> my, some of my friends, some of my own experiences, it's like, well, it depends on how long you've had uh, sex, how long you've had sex. Isn't that a, a big factor, right? If, you've had, mm-hmm. if you haven't had sex in a while, you know, for guys, it's like, God, I got to hook up with this girl. She looks fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how, say, uh, unattractive she is, uh, you know, is, isn't that a great factor for people, men or women? Mm-hmm. Right? Depends on how, you know, again, before they had sex or the, their last relationship, on how much they're willing to give up to, say, play again. So uh, that's determined. But, you know, if you look at the patterns, and that's what we're going to do in the meta healing and, uh, and, and the takeaway for you. So if you look at the patterns of how you got involved in your previous relationships, you'll actually see the patterns before you actually go into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can say, make that choice. Basically, that's what your friends see, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, they've seen you before. In, in love or lust and how things happen uh, and they see it way before you do mm-hmm. they, they're looking at the telltale signs uh, again if you paid that much attention uh, and it's easier from an out uh, you know a person from an outside perspective so um, we're going to get you say from an outside perspective but once that happens it's so easy you it's like oh god they're, they're totally drop dead hot um, for me it's pretty easy because mm-hmm. I can just tell, um, but you'll get you'll be able to say pick up on uh, that between attractiveness, right? That's distorted you, and then real, real say love and sex. One thing too, from uh, again, these are statistics from what I, we've collected or what I've noticed is that you know a lot of men and women, more women because most of my clients are women, is that they become really say uh, sexually active. They get more horny, if you will. But what happens is like they go out and look for sex and they meet somebody and they get turned off. 
by that individual. So that's a great indicator for you as well. So it's an automatic indicator because that same euphoric feeling that you get connecting to pure source, it, it's overlaid in the same brain center as uh, or, or your orgasm sensors, basically. So that's why people feel that orgasmic feel. Mm-hmm. You know, when they get connected and higher, higher, they want more sex or they're more insatiable. Um, but the sex that they're looking for, it's not physical sex. It's that, say, spiritual connection. So that'll lead you to say that true partner as well. When you feel that connection with someone. Yes. Yes. Um, and like I said, you know, people get more horny, but they stay away from the people that's just like, say, physical. As soon as they connect, it's like, oh, they're attractive. And then all of a sudden, it just like, it just drops dead. It just goes flat for them. And that's mm. what they describe. And then they stay away, no matter how attractive that person may be. Right. Mm. Now, what about people who fall in love at first sight and they just feel it right away and it's love? Where is that love coming from? Is it a connection from a past life? Is it just, is it truly a spiritual connection or, Uh, um, you know, have you found each other? I mean, how does that work? You know, there's so many different variations to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be love at first sight and it could be, say, that exponential intelligence definition of love at first sight. Mm -hmm. I mean, that happens to people. You know, you've met. Uh, somebody before in a previous lifetime um, and you know usually what when that happens is that you may have not you may have or may not have met that person in a previous lifetime although you know once you connect it's like you feel like you've known them in lifetimes uh, again why that happens is one is that yes they might have been say you might have been connected with that person in a previous lifetime uh, or two more likely is that you actually resonate at that same level of frequencies. Mm. So you can connect and feel like you've been connected for lifetimes. So. You resonate at that same frequency. Yes. You, you kind of go about life in the same way or that in the same yes. energy field. Yeah, you view life. You see life from that same spiritual perspective. Um, and we covered it. I don't know if we covered it or we should cover it, um, but it's that pyramid we're talking about, right? Uh, the higher up you go, mm-hmm. right, the more, say, oneness that you are and uh, the way you see things mm-hmm. uh, are, again, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people out there, whether they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever age they are, that yes. actually share that they've never fallen in love, that they don't know what love is. Right. Um, what's what's that so about? <laughs> I mean, blows my mind. Uh, well, there uh, again, different subgroups of why that happens. Just tapping into, say, the listeners here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a certain subgroup um, that, at a deeper level, they really haven't found that person that say matches up to their spiritual standards. So that's why they don't fall in love. They're just like say highly evolved. Right? So they just understand, they see that person or whatever and they've gone through life and it's like, no, 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 no. It's not that they're picky. It's just that uh, they know that if they get into that relationship, it's not going to work out. So, so they abstain I'm, from sex or they, they stay pure, if you will, because it's not worth their time. So I'm sure, I, hear, I feel like I hear them screaming like, well, what am I supposed to do then? You know, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to shake it up and move across, move across the country and try a different place? Are they supposed to go on Tinder to up their chances? I mean, 
Oh, well, no, because those kind of people, uh, again, that group is very, very small mm-hmm. in this group. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, they'd never go on Tinder because they know it's just, you know, it's just a waste of time for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've had plenty of opportunities. These aren't like uh, ugly individuals or people who right. can't get a date. They just don't get attracted because at a deeper level, because their spirit guides them, you know, through, uh, again, EI, their spirit guides them. And it's like, no, 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 no. They don't even have to say, make the mistakes. Uh, that most people do. So that's that smaller group. Uh, the other people who say uh, have never felt or fallen in love, which is a, a quite a larger group from, um, and, and what their issues are is, uh, well, feelings of abandonment. So um, uh, feeling of connection, even with themselves. So they can't like love themselves. There's a hollowness from mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. So that's like the larger group. And that's why those individuals uh, don't fall in love. So that's more the masses that you're asking about. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Just love and lust. It's a huge topic. People talk about it all the time. I mean, does love and lust, do you think that it runs the world? It it does. We're going to be talking uh, uh, about, say, how love, right? Uh, uh, Sexual transmutation. Mm-hmm. has built, say, empires, has created, say, fascinating uh, architecture, music, uh, some of the greatest gifts uh, of the world from mankind, women and mankind, uh, have been through sexual transmutation, that true, deep, exponential, say, intelligence, love, um, that includes lust as well, that, say, will make people move mountains. Right? That's, that's how powerful that space of love is. So what is our moss work to help us learn between the difference of, you know, to help us identify love and lust when we're operating in the world on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis? Uh, The moss work is going to be stepping back and seeing yourself from a third-person perspective. Uh, I know know we've done this on other podcasts, uh, in some other, say, experiences. Uh, But again, stepping back and seeing how you fall in love, seeing, say, what happens to you, you know, all those chemicals that you release and so on like that uh, and seeing it from a scientific perspective. So you get better awareness of, say, your behaviors. Uh, it controls your emotions because most emotions, uh, most chemical reactions in you are distorted. They're not aimed properly and that's why you get connected or, say, attracted to those individuals that don't last long for you. Okay? So that's the moss work for you. Um, what about the people that are already in relationships that, you know, yes, is that the uh, same people, operation for them to, to just notice their love in the relationship and the lust in the relationship? Yes. Uh, it, it's the same pattern for you um, because no matter what relationship you are, it could always go deeper, right? Mm-hmm. For you. Uh, it could always be, say, uh, be purified so you can, say, ascend higher without being, say, entangled. Beautiful. Yeah. One thing, one thing um, before we go is, is uh, I, I just keep getting this question. It's like, well, what about, you know, multiple individuals compared to, you know, monogamy? Mm-hmm. Great uh, question. Get, get from people and people. So, uh, um, so from what I'm getting or how this works, okay, is that say you're at a lower level. Again, if you think of a pyramid, 
Okay. Uh, and you're at the base of the pyramid, and that's that spiritual knowledge. Um, okay, so the the base is very wide, um, and, and it's more of a the material space. And and at that initial introductory base, you're you're not complete, and that's why it's so wide. Uh, so what happens is you need say more than one individual to say complete yourself or or complete your needs. Does that make sense? Because you're not complete yourself. Okay. So, in fact, say, for example, you know, you're like one-tenth complete. So you would need nine other individuals to, say, complete you, and that's what happens. Does that make sense, Crystal? Right? Yeah, I'm just wondering uh, if that's, is that a good or bad thing, or is it not, it just is uh, what it is. Well, it, it just is what it is. So that's right. why a lot of people say cheat. Uh, and mm. so this, this is, that's why a lot of feel, people don't feel complete. That's why a lot of, say, relationships, uh, you feel, say, short uh, on because that other person is not completing you, right? That's, that's where that happens. So as you ascend higher, uh, again, as you complete yourself, okay, uh, now you're at the level that uh, you're saying, you know, eight-tenths complete. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you, um, you know, you've got two-tenths left. So you might need, say, two people if, like, one-tenth equals one person, uh, you might need only two people to make you feel complete, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then you get to a point uh, um, where you are completely complete, right? You only need that one individual, okay? That'll help you not make you feel complete, but that'll guide you to higher and higher. Uh, and that's that twin flame theory where two flames come so strong, they burn brighter and, and, and brighter, uh, and go beyond, say, the physical time of time and space. Uh, and it's really a euphoric, very euphoric feeling. Uh, I've been in those deep meditations where they've showed me how that works. Uh, and it's just, uh, again, way beyond most of our, say, experiences or knowledge of what true love is. Right, and that true love is very different from love at first sight, it sounds like. Like love at first sight, you feel it, but it's nowhere near the depths. It can't possibly be as true, powerful love, what you just described. I mean, that takes time. Uh, and not necessarily well, time, it but it's... time, uh, but there's a small, a tiny percentage that love at first sight generates into, say, that true love. Right, right. Yeah. Fascinating. So many questions yeah. popped up when you were talking about, it's called what, being poly, polynamorous or open relationships or, you know, yes. having, a, having, being married and having a, um, a mistress. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's another podcast in itself. I'd love to dive into uh, that. Yes. Yes, definitely. We could do that uh, in another podcast. Um, and, you know, all those, uh, again, if you're not complete, even those relationships won't say satisfy you or complete you. Right. You're on, everyone's on their, on their journey of, to completion, yeah. essentially. Yes. Beautiful. And love is what I'm taking away from this is love essentially takes you higher. It takes you to where you want to go. Oh, it propels you so fast, so high Mm -hmm. once you get connected with that person. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where the sexual, um, sexual experiences go way beyond uh, tantric sex or anything like that. Uh, um, Physical experiences that you can, that you can go. Uh, but again, that's another podcast that Beautiful. we'll be having. 
So, so let's go do the meta healing. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, again, whether you're sitting, standing, lying down, preferably standing up, especially if you're new. And whether you're new or you've listened to other podcasts or anything else that I've done, doesn't really matter. Important thing is to take a nice deep breath in. Allow yourself to come into this present moment, being aware where your arms are, where your hands are, where your fingers are. Noting your breath. Very simple process. I guide you into a nice deep meditative state. Then I reprogram you at a higher level, at a deeper level. And that's where the transformations you may have heard about or might have experienced yourself come about. Again, breathing in, wondering how many other people are listening to the podcast. Connecting to the group. Yeah. A ton of people listening to the podcast. There's strength in numbers, which helps us perpetuate faster. through any blocks that we've created, through any ruts that we're stuck in. Breath in again, beautifully deep. As you get more comfortable on the exhale, asking ourselves, how do I connect to pure source even stronger? And if you've noticed, we've only been here about a minute, I'll be much more relaxed. It was easy enough to, say, get into those deeper states, even if you haven't meditated before. Breathing in again, nice and deep. And this time, on the exhale, Coming into the heart space. Let's do it a little different. We'll come from the heart space from our back. Okay, so feeling your heart from the back side. All you have to do is pay attention to your physical body, your physical form, especially that heart space. Most of us has never paid attention to the back of our heart, what really lingers behind, right? Behind closed doors, if you will. We'll just hang out here for a few minutes. To help you open up, say, those closed doors and allow the truth to open up for you. Breath it again. Again, from the back side of the heart. Mm. 
There we go. As I generate those frequencies, they help you transform much faster. Helps you edit you at your core levels, all you need to do. Again, take a nice deep breath in from the back side of your heart. Lock that place that we don't pay attention. Most of you have never paid attention. And again, that's what dominates. How you fall in love, lust, your relations. And how healthy or unhealthy those relations are. Breath in again, again from the backside going into, say, the mid section of your heart <clears throat> from the backside, so the middle of your body around that heart space. Breath in again, nice and deep. Again from the back side. And then exhaling, going even deeper from the back to the front, almost to the chest. Starting to bring forth in those underlying frequencies for you. Well, I work at a spirit level. You will feel it at a physical level. lot of you, a lot of emotions, patterns popping up for you already, perhaps patterns that you've hidden away, patterns that might not even be yours coming forth.
deep breath in again from the back of the heart. Right. Holding and then on the exhale from the back all the way out this time, right through the front. Continuing on, breathing in again from the back. On the exhale, exhaling right through the front. Having a different perspective on issues of the heart. Redefining what you see as love. leave you in a space for as long as you'd like again as long as you stay quietly meditating or in this space uh, it will feel like you're still connected to that mastermind that gets uh, created with all the people listening it will feel like I'm continuing to work on you take care notice what you notice I'll see you on the next podcast <laughs>